Hey Warriors, welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I do hope you had a great week. Ours was actually not too bad. We actually had quite a few days underneath 90 degrees and it actually rained and it just it felt good and feels super hot. However, it is a little bit in the 90s this week, so it is going to be a little bit warm. Um, I'm going to be taking a break off of the Beatitudes for this episode. Um, this is 160th episode. And I wanted to discuss something a little different um, just because I just want to take a break from just doing the same topic over and over again with different different parts to it. Uh, secondly, uh, keep praying for us. Um, we're trying to find a rental place. And I figured now would be a good time to share with you all that we are planning on leaving Texas and moving to Georgia. We're going to try to get to the northwest side. Um, God has just kind of been opening doors there and ain't creating anchors for us and opportunity seems to be a stronger rooted feeling. Uh, it's hard to explain, but it just seems like God is kind of pushing us to that direction. Uh, it's not what we expected. However, here, it, it's just nothing is working out the way that we thought it was going to be. And, it, and it's very much why I talked about sometimes when we get tunnel vision, we start forcing things to happen. And God has made it very clear that this is not where we're supposed to be. Now, however, he wanted us to meet the people that we met for a purpose and for a reason. And maybe to encourage them to build them up however it may be and i'm grateful however um my wife and i's health has not been the best here and we had struggled with it uh since we've been here so um we do believe moving over to where we're heading which is not the south side a lot of people are like yeah but it's like super hot and humid and it's not we're going to be in the northwest side which is more a little bit more i, I don't call them mountains they're more like hills but it should be better for us overall so that's the kind of the biggest news that I have right now, which means we'll be leaving next month. And so we're kind of in that process of moving. So if you guys can pray for us um, to get everything worked together from uh, the moving to finding the place. Um, I'm sorry for all those people who are like excited about Texas, but I do think God can place fires wherever he wants with people who are there. And I've seen that evident. And that's what makes it so cool to watch. So, great for us for that. Anyway, this week, I want to talk about is that is unfair. Now, we know, remember growing up how a lot of times as a child, you know, mom and dad would tell us, don't do this or stop doing that or you shouldn't act this way or something got taken away from you. And, and the words that utter out of every child's mouth to their parent is that is not fair. Now, to be fair, our parents weren't perfect, and they did probably make mistakes just like we do, and those that our parents now, after being in situations growing up where mom and dad were, you know, doing their best to be good parents, we hear that from those kids. And, and the thing is, I heard it when I was a youth pastor from the youth kids. So it's, it's you don't have to be a parent to hear this. You just, you know, when you hang out with younger people that that seems to be the theme a lot anyways so the idea is we we as humans are always concerned about fairness i mean we see it today in our culture 
you know the the whole racism to uh, people who are rich compared to poor to my job sucks to why how, how come I can't have a job like that uh, to why is my house have to be this way you know I live in an apartment I haven't gotten a home yet I mean the reason why I point that out is because I've been through that I understand that feeling and I know it's rough and it's hard it's frustrating it's confusing and sometimes you don't understand why that work and effort that we do just seems like nothing comes together and even even in life like there's some people in this world whether they're Christian or not they have illnesses and diseases that just are you know they're chronic they're not going to go away and we have people who have handicap and mental illnesses They'll never be what would be considered normal feeling or what they wish they could be is more normal in their eyes. Our bodies are broken. Sin reigns this world. But yet as Christians, we do have hope. And that's Jesus. Yet when we look into this world, we see what the world has to offer and sometimes we want to indulge in that we see that the people who aren't walking with the lord suddenly seem like they get to have this life that we kind of wish we can have i know some people are be like well i don't wish that on myself but however there was a time that you did and there's people that still think that way they struggle with their battles that they deal with and they see that, you know, how come it just like, God's not helping me out of this. God's not doing this. God's not doing that. Like it, it's this kind of vending machine concept that's been kind of placed in our heads because we press the button and you know, I pray every day. So why aren't I getting these blessings? I go to church every Sunday. Why aren't I getting these blessings? Um, I give tithing. I help the poor. I help the widow. Like we do all this stuff. But sometimes it just seems like we get nothing for it. And I and I would have to say, you already have the wrong mindset right there. And I can say this boldly because there was a time frame where I thought like that. There was a time frame where I honestly thought God paid me good for the good I did and paid me bad for the bad I did. I, you know, that, that way system that we kind of use, the, especially um, if you're, you're Catholic, I'm sorry, but in some Catholic churches, they kind of teach, hey, you, you got to do more good and do less bad. And it's kind of a pendulum type style that is kind of being thrown into your into your mind. It may not be what they intended. However, guess what? We think that way. You know, even as a child, mom, mom and dad will not punish me if I do more good, so I'll do less bad and still be good. I mean, the whole concept behind Santa Claus. Oh, I was bad for six months. Now, for like the <laughs> three months before Christmas, I need to start behaving so that way I can get my Christmas toys, right? You see, we've kind of engraved this ideology into our minds that if I go to church, if I pray, if I follow God, if I do what he says, then a lot of good things should just be handed to us. I shouldn't be poor anymore. I shouldn't struggle as I do. I should get the house I want. 
I should be able to get the new car. I should be able to have better clothes. I should be able to lose my weight. I should be able to feel better. I should be, I shouldn't feel so sick all the time. I should meet the right girl already. Like in our minds, we think if I do tit for tat, then God should be giving me all this stuff. What we have to understand is that that's a world ideology. And this is why we get tempted by what we see. When we see Pop Smith sleeping with all these girls and ends up getting an amazing woman at the end, and you're still waiting, you start thinking, well, maybe if I slept around, maybe I could find the right girl just like Bob did. Or we get to see, you know, Jim Johnson you know, running over everybody in his job to make the most money and suddenly now he's manager while you're sitting there, you're honoring other people and helping other people and and being respectful and loving and caring towards the other workers you work with but you're not a manager yet and sometimes we get to hear, you know, you need to be more of a go-getter you need to get out there you can do all that honor God you can meet the right girl without destroying your body, without getting stuck in sexual sins, without having to sleep with somebody. You see, the key thing in all of that is you're asking for God's perfect, and God's timing our lives you see we start looking how badly we will be treated by people how it just seems like this world is just everything is just being going to be handed to them they're able to get what they want they can do whatever they want you know because sometimes like my wife and i have talked about it it's it's I see like the streamers that I watch and they have millions of dollars, but they have no true moral foundation by how they act, talk, treat people, themselves, wandering eyes. You know, they're, they're, they're not, in my opinion, would I like the word is family friendly by any means. And I say to her, I was like, you know what? If I wasn't a Christian and and I can say whatever I want and I didn't care, I could be that. I could be that charismatic about or entertainable to do such streaming like that and play the games and and just act however I want and share my own opinion and just do whatever I want. Because if I turned off that moral understanding of who God is and I start chasing after the flesh, that's easy. It's always easy. And then I also see, you know, like pastors in this pastor group, they're, they're like, you know, if you have a YouTube, how, like, how can you make money where you can just take care of the church or take care of yourself? And I sat there thinking, I said, you know, I, I responded, I said, well, there's the problem. You see, the reason why the people on YouTube, the streamers and content creators make their money is because they entertain. And as a church, as a Christian, we're not about 
entertainment. Which is why we have the struggle we see in the church culture within the churches is that there's a lot of entertainment because they're trying to feed the you and what you want instead of teaching you the truth and what God wants. So when we go and look at these verses today, we got to understand one of my favorite, one of my favorite chapters in Psalms is Psalms 37. And the reason why I like it is because you get to see what the wicked, what happens to the wicked, and you get to see what happens to those that love God. It says, fret not yourself because of evildoers. Do not envious of wrongdoers. Do, wait, sorry. Be not envious of wrongdoers. Envy is the what we're talking about. Definitely what we're talking about right now. We envy what we see that people have or want or they chase after and they're getting. But they don't do it in a moral way at all to get anything. And we have to understand the difference here. Okay? For they will soon fade like the grass and wither like green herb. They don't have a good ending. Verse 3 is about us. It says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and be friend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of the heart. People love to use the second verse, number 4, as like, Oh, God will give you desires of your heart. However, to understand this, you trust God, you do good, you dwell in the land, and befriend faithfulness. Trust, do good, have faith. Trust God, you have faith in God, and you do good, as in following his, you know, his truth, following his word, doing what we're supposed to do, and then he will give you desires of your heart. Well, guess what? Because you are focusing on God, your heart's desires aren't going to be yours anymore. They're going to be God's. And sometimes the journey to to see some amazing blessings may not be the what you were hoping for. You know, my story, my, my testimonial story from 2011 until around this time frame hasn't been wonderful. It's been a hard time. We were so poor and I could not get any jobs. My wife was struggling with her health issues that we had to count on other people to help us like literally housing um even so food and you know living and i had to use the, our money that we did have sparingly at the right time you know like it got scary when the car was going to break down or something was wrong it got scary when you know she had one of her, she had two surgeries within two years and i was like so grateful that we were under the the state insurance otherwise we would we would have nothing and every single opportunity that whatever god has done he always provided always provided we had to learn to understand to trust him to have faith and do our best to be good because it is hard it is hard when you have no control over your life like everything that's happening, you, you just, you can't make it change. In verse five, it says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him. Again, trust is thrown out there, out there he, and he will act. 
You will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as noonday. You keep walking the walk as you're supposed to. You keep doing what you're supposed to. You honor him like you're supposed to. People will see and notice and people will come. They'll support you. They'll build you. But you're not going to always have that. You're going to have people who are going to not like you. Who are going to wish the worst on you. And you just got to do your best to keep walking with the Lord. Verse 7. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Now, this is a hard part. When things are not going our way, a lot of times anger, resentment, wrath, pointing fingers, blaming God is like the number one thing that comes together. And we need to understand if we're trusting in him, timing is not going to be what we think. We talked about this, Proverbs 55, 8 and 7. You know, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. There's a reason why we want to trust in him because he'll do the best. So the things that we go through, the battles we face, the situations we go through is not because he wants to hurt us. It's because of sin in our world. We do have brokenness. We do have disease and illnesses and mental weakness. Our bodies are not going to be perfect, but he's going to use these opportunities to teach us, to train us, to build us up, to build strength in our faith and our trust in him, to understand him more, to want to pray more, to want to just give everything to him so that he has full control of our lives as we completely submit, surrender to his will. Not all the time will doors just fly open where it's just like, man, look at that. Boom, boom, boom. But other times it may. You may never be healed from your problem. However, God can still use you. And I think we need to remember that before we just start jumping the gun, getting upset, because it is hard. Because I could tell you guys, I was not doing well all through that whole time. I struggled a lot in my faith. I struggled a lot in myself. I struggled a lot at being a man. Like it was probably one of the things is like, I actually felt if I had, if I just leave and now I'd be gone, that brick can just find someone else who can better take care of her. That, that is how much it was a struggle for me. You know, verse nine says for evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. And I'm going to stop there because there's so much that you can just keep going. But that, that's usually where I stop for most people. We have to understand, as even like in verse 10, the next one, the wicked will be no more. Though they, though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. See, the thing is, everything that people hold on to in this world, the treasures of this world, will eventually be empty and they will have nothing and at the end all will be lost because they put everything on this world and they rejected Jesus when they die they're not taking anything with them and when they stand before the Lord 
all they're going to have is what they accomplished on this earth. And I don't mean the good stuff that they did, but the stuff they did, didn't it didn't pay the way to heaven. Some may feel like if I do more good, you know, God, when I when I stand before him, he'll let me in because I did more good than bad. That's, that's not how it works. He rejected Jesus. Because remember, he lived a perfect and holy life. We don't do that. We're going to take a quick break and continue after a few moments. Hey, here's the second half of this. Like Matthew 6, 19 through 24 was something that came to mind when I thought about what what gets preached a lot too. Y'all probably remember it. You know, it's pretty they're pretty famous verses that pop out. It says, Do not lay up yourselves treasures in er on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye of the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. A lot of times, a lot of people use this to identify that, oh, well, you know, being a rich Christian is bad, because that means you love money more than God. And that is why you gotta put more money into the church. You gotta put more money in tithing. You gotta put more more money in helping people. You got this is what gets used to manipulate those that do have extra money, do have extra stuff that they're supposed to just give it all up because that's that's what was meant when they talked about it. You know, in Acts two forty two two through forty seven that they sold all their stuff and became poor and gave it to everybody. That's that's not what that's not what happened. <clears throat> Basically, they gave stuff up that they didn't need to use either money or give up their stuff to help people in their group, in their church and in their community. Because they understood that their value didn't get less. They were not, I would say, forced to do this. This is because they did it out of love. This is why I think in a lot of ways, when we meet people that are blessed and do have a little extra thing, you don't make them feel guilty for having those type of blessings. In some ways, God felt that they would be responsible for that and do well with that. It's very similar to the talent story, uh, parable where the one, you know, made four times or I think it was five times the talent. And then the other at the end didn't do anything with it. Because what we got to understand is that you being poor and someone else being rich 
that's not there, there's not a brokenness it's not you're not broken because you're poor and they're not broken because they have riches or whatever it may be they're just that that situation where they are at they have it but you're also blessed where you're at however what would be really neat and amazing is to see churches you know when they have people who have a little bit more money or even extra money and extra like extra stuff and help those that don't not just hand them everything but be willing to provide like i would love to see a richer guy seeing a guy who whose truck broke down and it's going to cost him a lot either get him a brand new truck that he can afford because remember, just because he goes and spends a $60,000, you know, excuse me, I got a cough. $60,000 for the truck, he needs to make sure he can be able to maintain it. Like, you know, you work together on that. And I think that we kind of misunderstand because I also would like to see a poor person who sees a rich person who feels like they're lonely neck bring them part of the family there should be a relationship building situation going on I, I find this very interesting because it still goes back to the Acts 242 you know we gotta have prayer studying together fellowship and serving it shouldn't matter who's rich and who's not we all should be coming together with the Lord coming together as a church community and be there for each other and Spending time with each other is very powerful. But we need to be really careful not to use these scriptures to say, you know, oh, we'll see if you you have all this money and all this power and you own these you know companies and you know you seem to just have all this stuff, then you're you like your treasures on earth and oh my, you know, that's gonna be worthless when you die. And, if someone understands that, then they know that. And so they're going to use their money wisely. Maybe even help somebody who really needs help. And so you got to be careful. You don't use this to identify being unfair. Because I think a lot of times what we do is we start pointing out, you know, well, you know, Bill Simmons, you know, he's so filthy rich. If he just, you know, put a couple million dollars in this church, you know, imagine how this church would change the things which has happened. That's not how it works. You know, or the other verse around, we can't have too many poor people because then we don't have enough people to take care of the church. They won't have the money and, and anything that we need. And the thing is, is like we've become a business minded person persona about ministry and church. And as men of God, we're supposed to be willing to just take God's word and live it out and reach out to everybody. It doesn't matter where they're at because there, there's people hungry to understand what it means to be fulfilled in Christ, not fulfilled in this world. They want to know that. This is why the struggle in these verses, it talks about, like verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You're going to love what the world has to offer and chase after everything you can of it because you think it's going to be fulfilling. 
It's going to make you a better person, a better man if I have everything. And so you put your whole devotion into this ideology of what makes life better. When God may bless you with all these crazy blessings, you don't even use it to help anybody because you think you finally got your just desserts. And then the other thing is when we see people who were once doing really well suddenly fall, we go over there and lift them up. We enjoy watching them fall. See, we need to be so careful about this whole ideology of what is fair. At the end of all this, our sin and what we deserve because of sin isn't fair. God loved us and was willing to save us. That's the good news. That's the hope. Because it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter what color skin you have. It doesn't matter what you're struggling with. Sin nature is in us. This flesh desires are in us. God sent his only son die for us to defeat sin to defeat death that is our hope that is the way that we can actually say in unison do you know what Jesus did for me this is what he did for you this is why our agenda our our desires are supposed to be on God you know it makes me think about the story of the Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. If you guys know are fans of C.S. Lewis and the Chronicles of Narnia series, you know that the world of Narnia had been taken over, controlled by the White Queen. Always winter and never Christmas. But yet, there was prophecy. And yet, things were changing. Two sisters, two brothers, ended up finding Narnia. One got to meet the White Queen before, Edmund. And she used what she knew best. Temptation and desire. Gave him something he he loves, Turkish delights. That way she can make a bond with him so that the next time when all of his sisters and brothers were there that he'd be more willing to to give them up and so the second time he meets same thing uses the temptation to reach him but the thing is because of prophecy things are changing and she's seen it and she's scared But she continued to go after what she wanted most, and she didn't want to lose what she had. And she imprisoned Edmund in hopes to to pull the other siblings out so she can get him to kill them all. You see, 
this world has a lot of Turkish delights. And a lot of them are going to be good in the moment. They will see that what this world can fulfill the deepest desires that we want inside. That's why sometimes we sit there and we see these other guys who have been with like a bunch of women and, and they seem to just understand women, but they don't understand relationships. We see poor people who think that everybody is, is like hates them. Everybody is racist. Everybody wants them to not succeed, but that's all they want to see. Rich people who think, Hey, you know, I made it big. You could do it too. You know, and they use their money to get what they want. And the sad part is, we see this in churches. I don't like where the pastor is taking the church. And I put $100,000 a year into this church. I pay his salary. I think I'm gonna pull that money out unless he uh is doing what I want. Preacher preaches Oh, if you have all this extra money, you should be giving it more to the poor. You should be tithing more to this church instead of keeping it in your pockets. Because it's it won't do any good in your pocket. You're not teaching properly. Poor people don't even... And I'm saying this because I've experienced in a church that had a lot of people who were not doing well and didn't have lots of money. They don't tithe. They don't put that extra effort to build the community. Because as long as the church is willing to help them, they think that's what the church is supposed to be doing. See, we have a, a mixed understanding of what's unfair. Edmund felt it was unfair because his older brother got treated like a proper king. His sisters got treated better than he did, and he wanted to prove that he was better than them. And he almost died for it. Aslan made a deal at the end, remember? His life reddens. And of course the queen is going to take that because, man, if I could destroy Aslan, then I can rule. And I can tell you this, that's how Satan felt that day when Christ died on that cross. You see, sometimes it may feel like it's unfair but if your faith and trust is in God, even if it seems like the end is not going to be the best, he has you. He will provide for you. He will guide you. And he has a plan for you. And all we have to do is ask. All we have to do is be obedient and follow, honor him, do what is good. Have trace, trust and faith. I'm looking trace. New word, guys. Trust and faith together. Trace, trace. Trust and faith. 
I'm telling you this, there's no promise that you're going to get good things happening to you. However, you'll see a lot of amazing things that God will do. Because there will be bad things. We've had our struggles. My wife and I still have you know, health issues. We still have battles in other ways. But I could tell you this, we still get to see God do amazing things. And we have blessings and then we have struggles. But our faith gets stronger. Our trust gets better. And I don't feel as dark as I once did, you know, what, eight years ago? Maybe, maybe nine? There is hope, guys. If you're struggling, if you're trying to figure out, you know, you know, does God have a plan for me? You ask. If you're struggling, you keep asking. And you keep working at it. You, you have an illness that's never going to go away. You allow God to use you where you're at. You're seeing doctors every week. You're seeing those doctors because maybe that's the opportunity that you get to have to teach them about the gospel. Tell them about what Jesus has done in your life and what, they, what he could do in their life. See, when we start looking at it not as unfair, but looking at it as, Lord, how can you use me? It can change things. I'm telling you, this is not going to be an overnight change. Sometimes it's going to take time to grow. And you're going to have to challenge yourself to have faith that even though it just seems like there is no end, that there's that thorn in your side that's just not going away. Trust God. Have faith. Do good. And he'll show you desires of your heart. Because they'll be his. And it'll be neat. So don't give up. Trust in God. Have faith. Do good. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for this time. I ask that you use this. Um, I don't know why you wanted me to talk about this, but it has been on my heart these last few days. Um, I guess it's because I know what it's like to struggle with the understanding of unfairness. And I know what it's like to feel like the doors are just not opening and, and it's just frustrating. And I'm sure many guys here struggle with the same thing, Lord. But as you have shown me over and over again, how to trust you, how to build my faith better, but also to keep walking with you, walking in the Lord, doing good obeying and I ask that you help any guy that's struggling with similar things to want to crave you not the world it is going to be very easy when things are not working out to fall right back into sins to fall back into chasing after worldly desires to want to do what makes you feel good versus honoring God it is going to be very easy to do that. I pray, Lord, you you show them the way out of the temptations. You show them how to keep walking the walk. Encourage them, build them up, bring men around them, bring uh, a church that will help them to keep growing so that they don't fall over and over again. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, you have a great week, and I will see you next time. God bless.